I'm in a pretty good spot with what I'm doing at work and where I'm at that I just want to keep growing where I am and become better at this. I have to get this in for Tim. You should do Postgres. Oh, gosh. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Learn Postgres. Welcome to Working Code with your three hosts who never make off by one errors. Adam, Ben, Carol, and Tim. It is show number 57 for early in January. And on today's show, we're going to talk about our goals for 2022 because New Year got goals, right? But I guess as usual, mm, maybe <laughs> <laughs> as usual, we'll start with our triumphs and fails. I guess, Carol, why don't you go first? Yeah, I'm going to go with a triumph. Our holidays were just really good. And I'm still celebrating that. Um, I got some alone time with Steve in the mountains with our puppy. And then I got to spend time with both of my boys. James came home from college. Peyton got to spend time with his girlfriend home before she had to leave for a family trip. So we just we had a lot of good family time and there was no work involved. There was no big moving parts that had to be organized. It was just very relaxing and amazing. And I am very grateful for this past holiday season. And I just want to give a big giant triumph there. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's me. What about you, Ben? I have a very similar triumph. I'm not a big vacationer. And when I do vacation, it's, it's typically involves some sort of travel or like big family thing, like big moving parts, kind of like what you're talking about. And we had a a family emergency last week. So everyone's a little bit burnt out. And so this week I've done nothing and it's like literally the best vacation I've ever been on. Isn't it great? (laughs) I, I haven't had to travel. I didn't have to pack anything. Yeah. I didn't have to make a train or a flight or anything like that. And the, there's a, there's always that cliche that when you get back, you need a vacation from your vacation. But like, yep. I don't need that because I haven't done anything and I feel great. I feel energized, really yeah. energized from this holiday season. And usually I am completely burnt and wiped and exhausted, like you said. And this, I don't feel it this year. And I love that. I love it. Yeah. So congrats to I, you, Ben. Yeah. Congrats congrats. to you as well. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, I I will say also during the holiday season, there's always a formidable amount of eating of cakes and cookies and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And typically, even as an adult in my 40s, there is something that I eat and I don't know what it is exactly that makes me break out in in (laughs) acne. I think it's chocolate. I'm not exactly sure, but I have- basically made it through this entire holiday season without having any like really embarrassing breakouts so nice congrats i'm pretty excited about that <laughs> it's <laughs> the nutmeg. things that make you excited when you're 40 <laughs> yeah it's nutmeg you all are allergic to nutmeg just like me <laughs> oh man how about you adam what do you got going on I'm, we're just gonna keep piling on so this is my first christmas on antidepressants um oh, you know i started doing nice. therapy end of last year beginning of this year and i got on antidepressants apparently that was something i needed and it's just been like wonderful it's like i'm walking around like this is normal this is how people are supposed to feel this is great right. <laughs> especially going into the holidays i realized like three weeks before christmas that i was like i feel awesome i'm like in the spirit i I think that was my triumph a couple of weeks ago it's like i just i feel great and happy and i had a wonderful christmas nothing was like mind-shatteringly amazing i mean i'm gonna be an uncle again my brother 
and his wife are expecting. Oh, congrats. Yay. <laughs> and according to the due date, the baby would be on, like the day before his birthday or a couple of days before his birthday. But it probably won't go that long. She had a C-section last time, so it'll probably be early planned C-section this time. But yeah, I'm just, I'm happy. Everything is wonderful. That's so great. Isn't it great when you can just enjoy it? Yeah. And I also took this whole week off between Christmas and New Year's. And um, I won't say that I've been doing nothing, but I've been like kind of selfish with my time, at least in in from the perspective of work, right? Like I'm doing family stuff, crossing things off the honey-do list for my wife, spending mm-hmm. a lot of time with the kids, you know, doing stuff that I want to do for me. And it's just been very charging. And even though I'm not like kind of burnt out from spending my vacation doing work anyway, I it's been so nice that I don't want to go back. Oh. <laughs> I'm not ready to go back to to work yet. So yeah. I get that. I yeah, get that. I'll tell you that's a great point because a lot of times towards the end of the vacation, I'm like itching to get back to work. Yes. And I don't feel that way at all right now. And obviously this is probably the first time I've been like this. Usually I am just the, I'm the same way. I'm like, all right, let's just go check and see what's going on. Let's write something. Like I, my mind's got to work. Like I can't be lazy anymore. I didn't feel that one time over this holiday season. I literally was just, grateful for every minute I had with my family and it was relaxing. Yeah. I feel like the last four or five years I've really cultivated the ability to disconnect from work and like turn off notifications from our work discord and not check my work email when I'm over the weekends even and on PTO. And it's a very healthy thing to do and I highly recommend it. It's wonderful. (laughs) And it's just been Excellent. Uh, I, unfortunately, I was on call for the week of Christmas and there were a couple of alarms that went off, but it was like no big deal. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I had to get up at 1 a.m. for a thing, but it was Yikes. like, okay, fix it and go back to bed. But just something kind of fell over and needed to be stood back up. That's all. So. I, my dog has had to go out and pee in the middle of the night a bunch in the last like two weeks. And my wife takes the brunt of it and she refuses to wake me up. But I've had to do it a couple of times. And uh, oh, man. There's only so many days in a row you can get woken up in the middle of the night and still feel human. Even if, you you know, I, I take her outside, she pees in three seconds and we come back in. It's it's the falling asleep again mm-hmm. at 2.30 in the morning where that's, that is not easy for me. Yeah. I cannot necessarily empathize with you or I, I don't know what the right word is. Empathize, sympathize. I, I am also lucky enough to be good at turning my brain off. I climb into bed and... And within five, 10 minutes, I'm asleep. That is a superpower. It's a great superpower. Steve will be like, oh, I can go in the living room and watch something or do whatever if I'm going to keep you awake. I'm like, I'm already snoring. Don't wake me up again to offer to leave. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I I can sleep with the lights on. I can sleep in noise. I can just fall asleep. But once I've been deep asleep, if I get woke up, it is harder to be like, all right, let's go back to sleep. So. But falling asleep up front, I'm great. I can fall asleep driving the Starbucks. <laughs> like the five-minute drive. Well, when he's driving, let's be clear there. Not me driving. Okay. I don't sleep when I drive. I mean, he has a Tesla now and it drives us. But definitely when he's driving. <laughs> I think, honestly, that might be the other side of the same coin, though. Like, uh, like it's easy for me to fall asleep when I want to. It's also, unfortunately, easy for me to fall asleep when I don't want to. <laughs> I, I have Bad. fallen asleep behind the wheel a oh, couple no. of times. Scary. Everything. Yeah, I mean, what the worst of it was like I kind of veered off the road a little into some grass and I almost hit trees, but I woke up in time and spun us around. And, oh, man. Uh, oh, boy. 
Yeah, that's scary. But, yeah, it's heart-stoppingly scary. But mm-hmm. you know, I've learned to to tell when I'm getting too close to that line and either pull over and sleep on the side of the road, or, you know, parking lot, or have somebody else drive or whatever. But yeah, my wife who. D- it struggles to sleep in our bed <laughs> in pitch black, like with a white noise machine. She can drive. She could probably drive for 48 hours straight. She'd hate everyone <laughs> in the whole world by then, but be very grumpy, but she knew yeah. it. Yeah. Anyway, let's, uh, let's pivot here. So goals for the year. Yeah. What do you guys want to like a new year? Kind of a clean sheet. What do you want to do this year? Yeah, I mean, I can throw out one first. We, Steve and I decided that we want to get the trifecta for the Spartan races. So last year we did a 10K, 26 or 30 obstacle. I don't remember a whole bunch of them. It was a big giant race and we loved it. So we've already signed up for a 5K, a 10K, and now we're looking for dates when he's available to travel to do a beast or an ultra. So we will have the trifecta this year. That's our goal. That's our like physical fitness goal for 2022, which means we have to work out pretty hard to be in shape for these. So it's also motivating us to get up and run every day and I go to the gym every day and lifting and working on strengths that you don't expect to, to need daily, mm-hmm. like grip strength. So having to train your grip strength is kind of crazy, but yeah, that's one of my personal ones. The the trifecta, does that mean doing it all in one year or is that yes. just, I have done all three? Nope. You have to do it all in one year. So the one we did last year won't count because it's November to November and mm-hmm. we couldn't get in the others with him not being able to travel before November. So we just decided to start clean for this year and do it this year. And when you say ultra, that's one of the long distance runs or that's the name yeah. of a Spartan race? No, it's the name of the Spartan race. Oh, it okay, is an ultra. Gotcha. It's also, it's a 40 something obstacle, I believe. I've got to go look it up. And it's a 21K or we do the beast. I may have them flipped in my head. Don't, don't hold me to it, which is like a half marathon, kind of like a 13.1 mile. And then it has the same number or a lot more So, of the obstacles that you have to do. So we're doing the lighter of the ones, but it's the 5K, 10K and then whatever is the lighter between the ultra and the beast. I totally get you on the motivation though. Like this is over my shoulder here. This is my one and only running medal. Yeah. It's nice. the, the Phillies 5k and I don't love running, but I really wanted to participate in that. And that got me to do the, like the couch to 5k program. And That's a really and good like program yeah. to do. If you want to get into running, there's multiple that you can do. Nike has one that they do a 5k and then they have a 10k one and it trains you for six to 10 weeks, depending on what you're doing. And it takes you straight from, Getting up to just going for a walk to running. They're really healthy. So Very cool. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll keep it going with fitness related. And so I have historically been working out in my garage in a half squat rack. And I've been squatting for years and years and years. And I've had knee pain for years and years. And I'm not blaming squatting in any way. I'm 100% blaming my flat feet, which sucks. (laughs) I have custom orthotics that hurt and I try various shoes and inserts and all this jazz and like nothing has been great. And I am going to take an extended break from squatting and I'm going to be, I I joined Planet Fitness about a month ago, Mm. which is amazing how cheap it is it's like yeah. it's so cheap it's like 12 dollars a month or like 12.99 it's crazy i think part of how they do cheaper. it it's insane and you can't pay with a credit card which i think is part of how they keep the cost so low you actually have to give them your bank routing number i mm. guess because there's no charge included but uh, you know i can't work out as as often because it's 
my planet fitness is like a good half hour away. So it's harder to do during the week. But if I can do it on like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, $12 a month, I feel like that's pretty worth it. And just going to be doing their machines and just trying to give my joints a little bit of a break. I've had a lot of shoulder and knee pain mm. for a long time. So just trying to attack it from a different angle now. So you're going to avoid squatting. Is that, it made me sad when you said that because I love squats. They're like I, one of my favorite thing to do. Oh, they burn so bad. <laughs> but it's like I'm um, fighting against myself. It yeah. feels like, and again, yeah. I'm not blaming squats. I think one, again, I have flat feet. I think mm-hmm. it throws my whole leg out of alignment. And yeah. when I'm on a machine, like if I'm on a leg press, at least I have a lot more control over where my legs and knees are in 3d space. Also, I work out in my garage, like I said, and the floor of my garage is slightly slanted, which I'm sure is like screwing me up in a weird way. So yeah, I, I just, for a long time now, I have felt demotivated because I feel like my brain says push harder, but my body is not agreeing with me. And I want to get back to a, a more comfortable point where I feel like my brain and my body are in alignment. And Mm. if I'm on machines, I'm hoping maybe that'll help give me time to recover whatever I'm doing wrong. Makes sense. Yeah, I... I work out fully on machines. I have always been terrified of free weights just because I fell once and had a bar mm. fall on me and I was done Ooh, after geez. that. I was like, never again. This is when I was like 16. It was younger, but it was enough. So I was like, I don't want to do free weights. And I feel like you said, like with the machines, I feel like I have a lot more control and stability. Yeah. And I stand a substantially like lower chance of hurting myself than if I'm over squatting with a bar. And yeah. Yeah, so I like machines for working out. Yeah, especially if you're working out alone. Oh, machines yeah, are I do. Like the safest thing mm-hmm. you can do. Speaking of working out alone, that is also part of it for me. When I work out in my garage, it's just me and it's dark and it's quiet and it mm-hmm. and I'm alone with my thoughts. And when I go to Planet Fitness, I don't talk to anyone, but there's a lot of people there. And it, yeah. there's, even if I have my headphones on and I'm listening to either music or a podcast or something, at least I'm looking around, I'm seeing people, and it feels like I'm more engaged with, with a larger community. If, if only superficially, it's mentally a little easier. Yeah, I agree. Since I work from home, I was like, oh, crap, I never interact with humans anymore unless I go to the gym. <laughs> like I order groceries online usually and pick them up at the pickup spot at the grocery store. Like I don't interact with people anymore. So going to the gym, even though I'm not interacting with a single person, I feel that like, Totes. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You're being like around it. them. Yeah. yeah, it helps. Our Planet Fitness also does free pizza like every Thursday. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Yo, that is that seems counterintuitive. That is a no judgment zone right there. If you work out, you get pizza after. Yeah, it is. Like take it or don't, whatever. Congrats on working out on Thursdays. So I just realized we did it again. I'm sorry, Tim. We've totally forgot to mention Tim is sick tonight, and that's why he you're not hearing his lovely baritone or, or whatever bass voice he is. I don't know. Not a singer. Yeah. So Miss Tim's you. not here. Sorry, Tim. Feel better. Hope feel better soon. Anyway, Sending you hate <laughs> as requested. Okay, so you guys both did fitness things. Is it okay sure. for the? Okay, so I also have a fitness goal for the year, and that is to just get back into exercising. So when it became apparent that COVID was not going to just be a couple months thing, I paused my gym membership, and basically there was a whole span of time where I couldn't work out at the gym, and I was just like, okay, whatever. This is important for COVID. And then they finally opened back up and I got vaccinated and I was all psyched and pumped to go back in there. I took my pre-workout and I drove over there 
and they're closed, like for good. They're not opening back up. Oh no. no. Like uh, sign on the door and they're just like, you'll get an email. We're not opening back up. And so I was all like pumped up from the pre-workout. I was jittery. You had the the tingles and everything. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And so at that point I decided, okay, then, so this gym was maybe a five minute drive from my house, which was nice. Maybe 10. Either way. It was real close, pretty nice and worth it for the motivation, right? Like once I've made that drive there, I'm invested in the workout. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go do it. For a long time, I've always said like, I need that in order to motivate myself to work out. And look at me now, uh, when the gym closed, we I talked to my wife and we decided it's worth it to just get some equipment that I can use from home and I'll uh, do that. And I did that for a long while. And then in order to get my booster shot, I needed to stop taking my, like I have an autoimmune disease and the medication for that would, I guess, conflict with the vaccine. Oh, so I was told to skip a dose of the autoimmune disease and get my booster on the day I would have gotten my autoimmune and then go back onto the normal schedule. So I would just totally miss a, a dose, which are two weeks apart. And so basically I went a whole month between doses and I was in semi-significant joint pain because of it. And I just oh. gave myself carte blanche to like, okay, if I'm not feeling good, I'm not going to work out. I don't want to hurt myself because I'm in You got to listen to your body. Yeah. 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 And then that was the last time that I worked out was <laughs> when I decided mm-hmm. like, okay, I need to to step away from this because of the the pain stuff. Even though I'm, you know, back on the autoimmune drugs for months now and, and totally fine, I just haven't been able to work up the motivation to, to go downstairs <laughs> to my basement. <laughs> and we bought a, sc- a squat rack and a barbell nice. and a bunch of plate weights and those horse mats from Tractor Supply and a nice bench. And so I can do... Like anything that you can do with a barbell, I can do, right? So like squats and deadlifts and barbell rows and bench press and like all kinds of stuff and pull-ups on squat rack, right? Like, so my goal for now is to just get back on a routine, like no specific strength or whatever weight goals or anything, just get back into a workout routine because I I need that. I know for sure that I need that. My belly over here can tell you that (laughs) I need that. Yo, I need that bad. I'm giving myself till the new years to basically just keep stuffing myself like a pig <laughs> and then I'm going to get strict about it again. Try and eat a little cleaner. Yeah. I was going to say our, like me personally, the thing I've gotten really good at is not being really hard on myself. If say I go mm-hmm. work out and I don't do a good job. Like I am very proud that I started the workout today. I went for a run and I was slow and my hip hurt and my back hurt and it was terrible, but I'm so proud of myself. Like I started it and it is an achievement that I'm okay celebrating. It's the starting anything to me is worth celebrating. So I think not having any weight goal, not having any goal with where you want to be at. That's great. I think you should just celebrate doing it and getting it in routine. Heck yeah. Don't you also, Carol, usually start your workouts super early in the morning? Yeah, I have to. So I, I have to applaud you for that. Like getting yeah, up extra real. early specifically to work out. Ugh. I'm also I, a morning person, but I, yeah, I don't know if I could set my alarm earlier so that I could work out. If I don't, I won't work out. Everything yeah. else is more important to me once the day starts. I would much rather write code than go work out. I would much rather cook dinner for my family. I would much rather work on my stuff I volunteer with. So if I don't do it before I start my day, there's a 90% chance it's not going to get done. So that's my like forcing myself to do it. Cool. Well, that's uh, fitness goals for everybody. What about uh, tech goals? My tech goal is I want to deploy a container. <laughs> and, and, and what I mean is 
the in my personal life, when I deploy code right now, it's to a managed hosting. I deploy via FTP. <laughs> and I, I use GitHub and Git for source control. So it's like I'm not in the total stone ages, but uh, it's all still very manual. And at work, we use containers and there's a whole deployment pipeline. And I don't really understand how any of it works. We use CodeShip. I don't even know really how you configure CodeShip and how it interacts with everything. So what I would love to do in the upcoming year is pick some sort of small project and just do it from end to end uh, where it, whatever code ship or some sort of, is it, I get confused which one's continuous integration, which one's continuous deployment. I guess it's continuous integration is code ship. I don't know. Who knows? I want to do something that has a build process and then that build process creates a container, publishes the container to somewhere. And then (laughs) that container then gets pulled down to somewhere else that is mm-hmm. available publicly. And part of why I want to do that is also is not just to get familiar with that end-to-end process, but also to get a bit more comfortable with just managing a server. I have a lot of insecurities about servers and how you keep them secure and updated and permissions and patches and stuff like that. I've never even used a Unix-based server, which I assume I would be doing with a container. I, my managed hosting is Windows. Yeah, there are Windows containers, but it's not recommended from what I know. It, like yeah. you're paying a lot of resources to the into running Windows for little gain. Right, right. Just exactly. so that you don't have to learn Unix, yeah. So that's my that's like my big hairy goal for 2022. I I I don't know what project I want to use as the impetus for building this kind of thing. I have I've always had this love affair with building a fitness app. I've wanted to build a fitness app since I was in college. It was actually part of my senior project was designing a fitness app that never came to fruition. So I've always like that, but like, I also don't want it to become so complicated that it detracts from what I'm actually trying to learn, which is all the containerization and the continuous integrations and stuff. So my other thought was I've always liked poetry and I built a very simple website called bigsexypoems.com. And it's just an Angular app. And literally all it does is like you type into it and it counts out the number of syllables on a particular line. And then, and then you can look up rhymes and synonyms. And so, but there's no persistence. Like it's 100% client side. It, it uses this uh, data muse API and it makes Ajax calls to, to get all the, the counts and stuff. So you re, you go to a different computer and you've lost all the stuff you've written. So I thought like it'd be kind of fun to just build like a really simple persist, like user login and persistence for that. Maybe using something like auth zero and, and I don't know, something. And I feel like that's simple enough that it wouldn't detract or it wouldn't distract from me understanding all the container stuff. I totally went and looked this up just now. Sorry, I stopped listening no, for your last sentence because, you know, I got curious. I love the top of it. <laughs> it's like inspired by beauty. <laughs> and then it just changed to inspired by lust. I'm like, oh, man, this thing's so cool. <laughs> it, it, it changes more rapidly when you move your mouse over that line. Yeah, 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 exactly. Ooh, look at this. Blood. <laughs> <laughs> Pleasure. <laughs> that's cool, man. And I think that's a really good goal to have. Server-side operations has always been something I love doing. 
And it was great when I worked with Tim because we got hands-on with everything. Everybody did everything and we'd sit together in each other's offices. And when ops was working or when our like IT team was working on infrastructure, they would have conversations with the engineering side. Like we did a lot of hands-on together. So we knew everything. I don't get to know that now. I am stuck over in my little world of just write the code and everything else is there. And I feel like I'm missing so much of part of what I love that I can see that being something that I would want to do too. So very cool. Yeah, I didn't know you did that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. At Silvervine, everybody does everything. Everything from <laughs> DBA stuff to engineering to DevOps to IT support. You learn it all. I mean, you can obviously not do any of it. You can just write code all day long. But because of kind of how I was and like Tim the same way. You want to know it all and you want to know how it all works. So you do it and they let you do it because, well, it makes sense if you do a good job to have your hands in it and have fun doing it. I like it. Yeah. I like it. So you're giving me some inspiration for maybe some blog posts or something here, but I will throw out GitHub has very generous and easy to use free tiers for both their actions, which is like you can use it for CI type stuff, running your tests on pull requests. <laughs> Wait a minute, who am I talking to here? Uh, running actions as a result of a pull request or merge code, like building and, a and container. Is actions, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with code ship, but would actions be a kind of re- entirely a replacement for something like code ship? I'm not familiar with code ship specifically, yeah. but I know you had mentioned you wanted to build the container. You know, yeah. Yeah. Code ship builds the container. Yeah. Yeah. So we have GitHub actions that will run some tests and assuming those tests pass, they will build a Docker container and publish that up to Amazon ECR for us because we use Amazon ECS to run that container. And so it makes sense to have them next to each other. But I was going to say, so actions is great and it's, there's a, I can't imagine using all of the free tier. Maybe if I had like a hundred really popular open source projects that were getting lots of pull requests and everything, then I could see myself hitting the free tier usage limit. I didn't realize it was so generous. It is. And they also have a container registry, which for as far as I can tell, Mm. uh, they also have really generous like container hosting. So I say that generous, probably generous as long as you're not using like a JVM language where you need to pack in a whole bunch uh, of Java stuff. stuff. So yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, like generous if you're doing like node containers or like a static site sort of thing. I don't know what your big sexy poems as you said. It's all client side. So it's currently deployed on Netlify. So it's just oh, yeah, a, yeah. an npm based build script mm-hmm. that creates an HTML. File that gets yep. pushed to wherever their CDNs get pushed to. I mean, right. I don't do any of that magic. I just do the build and say, like, here's the distribution directory, mm-hmm. and then it Netlify works the magic. Oh, I love Netlify. Oh my god, it's so good. Yep, our website workingcode.dev is on Netlify. Yeah. Yo, one of the guys at work actually just left to go work for Netlify. And I was his reference so that the woman from Netlify called me to get a sense of who this guy was. And so we talked about him. And then I spent the last like five minutes of the call just talking about how awesome Netlify is. And I'm like, oh, you guys are crushing it. And like, <laughs> you're changing the whole landscape and ushering in a whole new, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know. I just, I was very fanboy for a second. Well, I so. bet she loved that. Yeah, I, I, I hope so. So yeah, I would encourage you at least use that to get started. Now that's only the run for like the build process and the storage of the container, then deploying it somewhere is a whole separate thing. And that's going to be very dependent on what you want to do with it. But Right. So that's, I haven't even begun to think about that yet. Part of me 
is just drawn to DigitalOcean for some reason, because I feel like their whole persona is making things very easy for developers. And I have to imagine they have something that will just run containers. I don't know offhand. But then part of me is like, should I try to do some Amazon stuff? I'm still very insecure and scared of the complexity of Amazon and all the yep. I am permissions and, and that it's jazz. overwhelming. It really Yo, it is. is. Absolutely is. And it's really easy to shoot yourself in the foot with a, <laughs> you know, $5,000 a month. Yo, bill. so quick. <laughs> I, w- I was actually listening to, um, Oh my God. I can't remember his, the, the shouting into the cloud guy who does the, like this week in Amazon oh, podcast. Yeah. Um, yep. I know who you're talking about. Corey um, Quinn. Corey Quinn. He had some sort of year roundup just recently. And he was joking that Amazon actually has something literally like 33 different ways to run containers in a production environment. I believe mm. it. Completely and, uh, believe it. It just sounds overwhelming. And I love the idea of DigitalOcean because they have a lot of just like, click deploys, like mm-hmm. deploy this droplet and it just like magically works, I guess. I don't know. I don't have a lot of experience with that either. But like, I love having a lot of options when I'm talking about changing tech or how we're using things. But when I'm trying to learn it, I would much rather just have like, let me pick between two things. Like, yes. don't make yeah. me choose between 33 that probably all in, like work differently and can be configured differently. I just need simple and let me learn it. Then I'll go figure out how to make it better. So I get it. Yep. Yep. So what other tech goals do we got? Oh, Adam, you go. My big one for the year, I think, is going to be TypeScript. Yeah. Do it. I am a huge fan of linting and ESLint and Prettier. And I think that adding TypeScript to the mix is going to just sort of take that all to the next level, Mm -hmm. improve my code insight in VS Code and prevent a certain type of bugs before I even try to test it locally in the browser. And like, I'm totally bought in. I just haven't done really any of the work. I, I've watched a couple of t- video tutorials on you know, writing TypeScript. It, it makes sense. It seems straightforward enough, but I know, you know it's going to be a whole new world when I actually start to get my hands dirty. And one problem that I think I face there is that we don't start much from scratch. And it seems yeah, like yeah. the best way to learn is going to be to start from scratch. Yeah. And, and then... Once you understand the first eighty percent, then it's a good time to start converting some of your old stuff. But eh, I may or may not find that opportunity. But I, this year, like I wanted it to happen last year, and I just couldn't carve out the time. So this year, I think I'm going to prioritize it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on that with you. So I had put last year I wanted to learn React, and then I immediately got put on this project, and we had to put everything in TypeScript. And I was so happy I got to learn TypeScript. Like I didn't get React in, but I got TypeScript in, and yeah. I had a blast writing it. Like this was my first time working with a project with force linting, so that was new to me. Plus, then we had the Jest side of everything for testing everything we wrote. That was new to me because I'm used to the CFML side of the test with TestBox and some of the other tools that we use. So I love TypeScript. I don't know what makes it so sexy to me, but I loved it and I loved writing it so much so that every time a project pops up where I can go write in that project and go move things over and start putting it into our AWS infrastructure, I I'm like, yep, sign me up, done. I'm on that Mm. project. (laughs) Take it. I think the thing that appeals to me the most about it, again, knowing almost nothing about it, is that you seem to get all of the type safety out of it if you're using the the TypeScript compiler. But it doesn't look and smell like Java, which I cannot stand Java syntax. The really wonderful thing about TypeScript to me 
is that it's typed, but it's structurally typed, I think is the phrase. So whereas with Java, I think a lot of things have to do with class-based types. In TypeScript, you can do that as well, but then you can also say it's accepting something that is just has these two properties. Mm. And that's it. And like no one else even has to know that type exists. And as long as somebody invokes the thing and passes in a thing that happens to contain those two properties, like it may contain a whole bunch of other properties as well. Nobody has to care. And and like it just works. So you can actually, you don't have to worry about these. Like I think with Java, there were all these like micro interfaces Mm. where you'd have like implements execute and implements save and implements to string. And so when you had to, I'm not a Java person, so I might be talking out my butt here. <laughs> but I, I think you'd have to define these crazy method signatures where it was like implementing all these different interfaces to make it very flexible. And with TypeScript, you just, it's just so the interfaces become super, super simple because they're structural and not based on these classes. Hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, everything I write, we usually do write the classes for though. So we like to define everything out very well. So we have like our kind of, I call it like a model. So this is what the data is supposed to look like. This is what we're taking in and this is what the type looks like. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoy the definition of everything and you have to have that to make it work. Like you can't pass in other things. And I mean, I think you probably could pass in more, but you can't pass in less. Like it's required. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah. I mean, you don't even have to, you can adhere to an interface without even exposing that interface. So imagine you have uh, a class and it has a method. And it, when you invoke that method, it's it's accepting an object that has to have a name and a created at property. Inside of your class, you can define that interface and just say like, here's interface thing and thing has a name and a created at and not expose that publicly. And then another class that's going to consume your class can also define its own thing to interface that yeah. also has a name and created and pass that in. And TypeScript says, well, you have an interface that has name and created at, and I have an interface that has name and created at, and they're not referenced anywhere in the same code base, but it just lines up and it just, it so works. As long as really it has the same well. shape, yes. then it'll fit through the hole. That's yes. cool. Yeah. Yeah. TypeScript is great. I love yeah, it. Yeah, TypeScript. And, and it's such a mature ecosystem now. Yeah. There used to be a lot of hemming and hawing about, oh, I want to use this third-party library, but no one's defined any types for it yet. I think that's more or less a thing of the past. I think every really popular open source library now has types associated with it. Yep. Yeah, the that project that I did at the beginning of the year, the whole Gmail side of everything, mm-hmm. all the examples that are in the Gmail API developer docs, they have a TypeScript version of everything. So I could go in and reference how they were doing it in TypeScript, or I could just go pure JavaScript. I think there were a few other options, but I was super happy to see all the support for TypeScript just in general working of daily use stuff. Yeah. Heck yeah. Cool. Good luck, Adam. I hope you get to Thanks. use it. Thanks. Yeah, um, my uh, my tech goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. I know. I know that sounds crazy. Should accomplish. Done. Right. Right. Like I just want to keep growing, and I want to do a better job of mentoring. Like that is it. I don't have. Mm. I don't have something I want to go learn. I don't have something I want to do right now. I'm in a pretty good spot with what I'm doing at work and where I'm at. That I just want to keep growing where I am and become better at this. I have to get this in for Tim. You should do Postgres. Oh gosh, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Learn Postgres. I I feel like 
We are growing our team by our department, the IT department, from what I heard, by like 25% this year. So we're going to be bringing on some big projects to the beginning of the year, which is going to, in itself, introduce new tech to learn and some slight changes just with how we're working on a day-to-day basis. So I think those are going to take up a lot of my time to where I'm not I'm not super like I have to go learn this year. I don't have a big goal. I just I want to grow where I am and I want to do a better job of mentoring people around me who are trying to learn what I already know. That's really nice. That is such a huge weakness for me is mentoring other people. It's hard sometimes. But you you say that, but your blog, it helps people every day, right? Maybe not mentoring, but you're helping people. You are passing on what you know to people. Yeah. It's a different well, kind of mentorship. Yeah. Yeah. I'll yeah. take it. I'll take it. I would call that a win. Ben, you're a winner. Yeah. Kind of along the same lines of like not focusing on necessarily tech goals, but you know, just growth. I've been listening to, I, I alternate, right? I'll go several audiobooks and then I'll take like a month where all I do is listen to all the podcasts I missed while I was listening to audiobooks. And I've been listening to a bunch of different tech podcasts lately. And it seems like there's this trend going on where everybody's interviewing product managers <laughs> like mm. like we did. And the more I listen to these things, the more I realize like I'm kind of on that path, right? So I'm the guy that wants to go in and write documentation about our the way our stuff works. I'm the guy that stuff is going wrong in the site. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm not like kind of forcing it on anybody else, but I'm trying to think to myself like, how is this making the customer feel? Yes, the customer did something wrong, but is that our fault because we didn't put up the correct guardrails to keep them from, you know, push them into the pit of success type thing. Right. Yep. And just the more I learn about product management, the more I feel like as our company grows, that's going to be a role that I'm already kind of filling in a very unofficial, unintentional sort of way. Like we all kind of spread out to fill the jobs that need to be done. And that's just kind of where I've fallen in. And I, it, I'm conflicted, I guess, because I like engineering. <laughs> right. And love and, it. Right. I'm sure that having a a strong and, I don't know, significant engineering past, right? Like spending a bunch of years working as an engineer is helpful as a product manager, just like maybe having a business degree is helpful in other ways to being a product manager. And this is what Adam Lehman was saying in his interview, that he looks for engineers that gravitate towards management and he starts grooming them because he, to that point, engineers... Managers who can bring an engineering background to a product discussion mm-hmm. just have better insight. Right. Yeah. After our talk with him, I was like, okay, I don't want to manage people. I don't want to go that route. I got burned out on that, but I could see managing a product, which is just getting some mm. roadmaps out there, getting some plans for it, getting in the face of the customers and figure out what we do to make that better. And then communicating the customer goals to the engineering team and just kind of keeping on track with a roadmap, not a people manager, but a product manager. I could see going that route later in my career. Yeah. And one of the other things that I picked up from hearing a bunch of these product manager interviews is it seems to be that the product manager job is kind of very different depending on where you're working. Like what's the culture of the place? Some companies seem to kind of carve off some of the product manager role for tech leads, whereas more some other some kind of carve the other way, right? Like more of a tech lead role for the product manager. And I don't know, it makes the whole thing very interesting. 
And so you're in a good spot with your company because you get to help drive. If the, if this position were to become available in your company, you're going to drive kind of where that goes because y'all are mm-hmm. so early on. So that's cool too in itself that you get to kind of map out what this goal and what this position looks like with you. Yeah. I, I think just the thing that I keep finding to be interesting is that like I've kind of accidentally fallen into the role of the like pseudo product manager in our company yeah. just because mm-hmm. like as i learned right we read the phoenix project and Love i learned that, things from way, that ben. and oh, uh, yeah nice. good rec yeah. it was just like there were lessons that i learned from that that like within weeks or months i was using to to in discussions at work and yep. yeah it's just that that type of growth interests me i guess i find it interesting enough to seek it out and and learn from it and enjoy and appreciate it and it's like, oh, maybe I am, <laughs> maybe I should be a product manager. I, I don't know. So that's, I guess, on my radar, at least. Yeah. I do have a couple of other goals that might be interesting to discuss. So the other thing really that I have going on is that I work for a really small business and we're trying to grow and we're, we have no outside funding. So it's all privately held. I guess that would still be, private. I don't know, whatever. But like I said, no outside funding. And so we very much are a very small scrappy team trying to make stuff happen and things are starting to come together to where we can scale out more, meaning like take on more customers uh, with the same amount or very little extra staff. Nice. And it's exciting. We're sort of at this inflection point. So I mentioned toward the end of the last year that we had been doing all this work to make multi-tenant stuff happen and having some success there. Sort of the first thing that we discovered as we got in that door is that it was more expensive than we were expecting. Oh, really? Specifically, well, so long term, we expect to be running fewer containers to to serve more customers. But the stepping stone to get there is instead of one <laughs> EC2 instance per customer, now we have one container per customer. Yeah. And they, the for whatever reason, it's more expensive to run like an ECS container than it is to just buy an EC2 server. Oh, interesting. Even if they're similarly spec'd, probably because you have that ability to recover from crashes and scale mm. it and all that. So for whatever reason, it's slightly more expensive. And so just the act of shutting down our EC2 instances and bringing them up as containers on ECS is more expensive. And it's a JVM app. So it has significant <laughs> memory, requ- right? Like if this was a node app and it needed a hundred megs of memory, that would be a thing. But if, because it's a whole big JVM platform and, it, and you're not going to get by with less than, well, so I was out this week. I know some of my coworkers were experimenting with like trying to bring that way, way down. But let's say my on the clock experience thus far has been like, you're not going to get away with anything less than, I guess what Amazon calls uh, a whole vCPU and two gigs of memory. Like that's the, the bottom floor yeah. of what you can actually operate. But that's triple what we were paying for EC2 instances Holy that would cow. run the app. So it, yeah, it's it was a big pill to swallow, but it's like, okay, so that's our motivation, right? Like we have to solve these problems so that we can, instead of having a one container for every customer, start to operate like a little cluster of yeah. multi-tenant thing. So we, we might just have to pay through the teeth for a few months while we sort that out. But yep. yeah, so that sounds that's, like a good goal, though. Yeah, growing it's, pains. Uh, it's a it's something to strive for. It lights a fire under your butt. Like you oh, know, yeah, you got some motivation to fix this problem. Yeah, I have a tech adjacent goal. Okay, yeah, please. Which is I I want to get better at photo editing. Oh yeah, and by better I mean 
know anything because I don't <laughs> really know anything about photo editing. For a, a, a long time, I used Macromedia Fireworks to adjust photos, which basically all I could do was increase brightness and contrast. Like that was the extent of, of what I understood. And then they were bought by Adobe and I, I, I haven't used Photoshop in forever, but they end of life fireworks. So I don't even have fireworks anymore. So I recently purchased uh, Affinity Photo, which is very reasonable compared to the subscription model that that Adobe has. I mean, I think it's like 99 bucks or something. Photoshop is expensive. Yeah, it's super expensive. And it's not like I have, this is just personal stuff. So it's not like a business is paying for it for me. And I've been watching the tutorials on the Affinity Photo website. They have freaking amazing high quality video tutorials on all the functionality that's in Affinity Photo. And it's just mind blowing. They have this one feature called InPaint which is where you go into the photo and you just sort of circle the stuff that you don't want in there. And then Uh they use AI magic or whatever they use. And it's just like, poof, it's gone. And they filled it in with things that look like should have been there. I mean, it's mind boggling. It sounds like content aware delete from creative cloud. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Exactly. But then just all the things like layer masking and using color channels. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know. It's one of those things like clearly you can't just read a book and know it, you have to try it and play around and, and hands on. Like with programming, I can read a book and get like an okay sense of how I might need to approach a problem. It seems like photo editing is not is not that in any way whatsoever. So yeah, you need to try the different settings to get the outcome to see yeah. it actually work. Yeah, photo editing is so cool to me. Oh, so so what you you're what do you use? You photo edit? Oh, I just have Hipstamatic on my phone. And it's just to fix it before I post it on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. But it does the channels. So I'll go in and fix the channel so that my hair looks red again and not Mm -hmm. like blonde looking, which then usually fixes other colors or it causes people in the pictures to look very orange. So Mm -hmm. then I have to adjust the blues and change the channels there. But yeah, that's it. That's pretty much all I do. Redhead problems. Yeah, redhead yeah, problems. That's more than I even know. So <laughs> so that's one of my soft goals is just to get better at that kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, it's nifty. I have some photographer friends. And whenever they take pictures like of the boys or of our family or whatever, I'll see the before and afters. I'm like, you are a genius. <laughs> you have magic hands because this is crazy. Like what you can make happen. Before smartphones got good cameras, I was getting a little bit into photography and I had a nice DSLR and I bought Lightroom, and which is like a digital dark room, right? That's why they call it Lightroom. That's um, Adobe and, now, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, so I learned to shoot raw, and that way I could adjust everything in post that I screwed up in the camera. Yeah, and <laughs> it, it was great. I I got really great photos out of it, and now it's like, why bother? Like the yeah. smartphone camera is just so good. <laughs> like I'm sure, I'm sure if I wanted to take the time, I could make them a little bit better. But like my skill level is not enough to make it worth the the time and effort just mm-hmm. to get them into the to the app so that I could manipulate them some. Yeah, 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 totally. The, I mean, that's when I edit stuff right now. I'm using what do I use? I use a I think of an app from Google or no, it's called Snapseed. Oh, that mm-hmm. one's so good. Yeah, it's really good. It's and, like and 10 years old, too. Is it? I wish yeah. I, I, I looked up, I wish they had a desktop version, but they I think do. they only have mobile. Yeah. And it, it's really cool. Like they have all kinds of built in looks, but then yeah. you can adjust the vibrance and the brightness and the contrast and the, and the shadows and the highlights. And then you can add 
vignettes and frames and it's really it's, it's a good one yeah it definitely makes my pictures of lucy look a lot better Aww. than they would normally do you remember when star i don't know if you guys are starbucks fans but starbucks used to every week would have a little card you could get when you picked up your cup that would give you a free app and it was whatever app it was that they supported oh. that week or whatever yeah well they used to and that you also could get free downloads of songs on your playlist through apple so you got the songs for free oh, right so you cool. have to buy them. this was like again yeah, 10 years ago snapseed <laughs> was one of those so i got it free and now everybody has to pay for it i'm like yeah ah. it's really good app <laughs> i love it yeah yeah haven't used it in a while because i switched over to hipsomatic yeah. mm. cool, cool cool well i only have one more goal if we want to talk about it, my youngest will start his senior year this year. and In high school, right? Yeah, in high school. So he's finishing up his junior year and we'll start his senior year. And we have some big plans after with moving and traveling and just stuff. So I want to spend a lot of time with my family this year. So we're going to go see James at college and we're going to do some trips and things just because I'm realizing that this is my last year with a kid at home. Because the following, he'll be graduating and off to college and doing his own thing. And I just, I want to make sure that I spend quite a bit of time this year focusing on my family. Well, that's very nice. Of you yeah. Know. Yeah. I mean, it's the mom thing to do is what I hear. I guess yeah. So. yeah. You, you <laughs> could gradually, you can like crossfade in time with the dog and like start to crossfade out time with the kid. So that by the end of the year, you're spending all your time with the dog and you won't even notice that he's gone. So it's funny because when I went to Vegas the first time, Steve had to travel as well. So we had to make arrangements for the puppy because she couldn't be boarded yet because she wasn't vaccinated. So she's not fully vaccinated. Mm. So she can't be around other dogs because she'll get sick. So my oldest son kept her at college. So I called multiple times a day, FaceTime the dog, <laughs> and finally he's like, I swear to God, you missed this dog way more than you ever missed me going off to college. <laughs> I was like, it's just different, okay? <laughs> that's right. I'm a different person now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. I, I think she's definitely going to replace the kid, the the like that part of my life, pretty quickly. Yeah, dogs are great. Yeah, we love her. Yeah. So that's me. That's my goals. That's all I got. Does anybody have any books that you're looking forward to reading this year? I'd like to read something in general, nothing specific, but I haven't, I don't think I've read a book hardly at all this year. And usually I'm better about reading tech books. I like tech books a lot, but I've just been, had, I just had my head down and in, in work and stuff. I really need to finish the, what is it called? Test Driven Development by Example book mm. because I started it in 2021 and I cannot finish it in 2022 because then there will be <laughs> a full calendar year. And it's not even that big of a book. I just, I have so many priorities I'm juggling. It's like, yeah. Well, we had talked briefly about doing a, another book club or, or something yeah. like a book club. I, I think, you know. Yeah. A slightly different format when we do the episode, yeah. but yeah, another Read another book. I'm down to clown. I think we should do it. So we'll have to pick out a book and we'll get back to you guys on which one that's going to be. So it it can't be February. Yeah, no, it'll, we'll give everybody plenty of time to read it and, Mm -hmm. and then we'll figure it out from there. So this episode of Working Code is brought to you by Overly Ambitious New Year's Resolutions. Probably not going to happen, but we're going to try anyway. (laughs) And listeners like you. Uh, if you like what we're doing here, you might want to consider supporting us on Patreon. You can do that by going to patreon.com slash workingcodepod. Our patrons help us pay for our editor, Matt, which we are 
very grateful for. And in addition to that, uh, something else you can do to help out the show, you can get yourself a free audiobook uh, and a free month of Audible by going to audibletrial.com slash workingcodepod. And they have everything from audiobooks to comedy to podcasts and more. And just like everybody else's podcast, we <laughs> can benefit if you tell them that we sent you. So please do. That's audibletrial.com slash workingcodepod. And of course, we have to thank our top patrons, Monty and Peter. They continue to be our top patrons, which is amazing. Heck yeah. Really appreciate you guys. And so (laughs) if you want to help out the show without spending any money, actually the Audible trial, that's free. No no money required there. And you get a free audiobook. But otherwise, you could post about this show on your social media and... Tell your friends and your coworkers about us and you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can send us your questions and show topics on Twitter or Instagram at Working Code Pod. We have a new question that we received of an audio recording from our good friend Nathan Strutz, the only other person that's ever left, the same person that previously <laughs> left an audio recording for us. Much better audio quality this time. So I think we're going to try to hit that next week. Nice. Uh, or you can get in touch with us by joining our Discord, which is workingcode.dev slash Discord. You can... In addition to sending us topics, suggestions, and questions, you can catch up with the rest of the community. Workingcode.dev slash Discord. We'll catch you next week. And until then, remember people, your heart matters. And we look forward to seeing you in the new year. You've been listening to Working Code with your hosts, Adam, Ben, Carol, and Tim. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. We'll catch you on the next episode of Working Code. I watched Dumb and Dumber with my 13-year-old and my 10-year-old for the first time, like their first time seeing it. How was that? Ago. It was hilarious. Yeah. They, they loved it. I, I told them <laughs> before we started that they, it was, I was requiring them to go evacuate their bladders before we started watching it. <laughs> and they were like, why? Is it like a really long movie and you're not going to want to pause it so that we can get up and go? And I'm like, no, because you're going to pee yourself. <laughs> you can laugh so hard you pee. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what? I have to take a bathroom break. I've been over here trying to hold it. So (laughs) (laughs) hold music. Be right back. That's okay. I need to blow my nose too. So it works out good. It's just you and me now. Hope hope you're having a nice holiday season. And uh, yeah. Did you have to like go to the other end of the house to blow your nose? <laughs> I went into well, I went into the bathroom and then saw the puppy. Oh, gotcha, so gotcha. I had to stop and pet Aww. the puppy. And then Steve's like, "Oh, are you in the after show?" I was like, "No." I don't think you know, I had to explain bathroom yeah. break. So yeah, I was like, "Not yet." Oh, I was I was so excited to see you using a little note to self action. Yeah, again with coffee and paste. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I have two things. That's Look at that. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs>